1: What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF. And of course, my fellow co host at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins as well. We're here to take you game by game through the main slate for week nine. Guys, uh, as I look back on my Sunday, it was pretty brutal. Um, first of all, I had to move my daughter out of her apartment in Manhattan this weekend on Sunday morning. And I thought that I would be done by noon. And uh, I was done around had that. Two, out. I was done around two thirty. <laughs> drive back to long Island an hour shower. And I was in front of the TV for the four o'clock game. So one o'clock games completely. I uh, didn't get to see much at all, but you know what? It, it, it was by far my absolute worst lineups of the season. So I, I was kind of glad not to have to watch it now. Matt, I know that you tagged t j and I in a tweet about how you were going to stack a Kansas city uh lineup, and I don't know what you did. I don't know what your results were, but if you did, I'm sure you had some success, so did you end up going with the, the game I thought we should stay away from
0: yeah i did uh I did Mahomes Bell and Kelsey, so two out of three ain't bad it ended up it ended up being a good. Uh, a good lineup i think it ended up uh i had a little couple of little sweats and then uh it ended up being like a like a 3x week i swept cash uh so it ended up being a pretty pretty solid week um i just didn't play a lot of volume last week because I, I wasn't really that like thrilled about this slate which of course every time i do that i do well and every time i think i have it <laughs> nailed down i end up you know, getting my dick kicked, in, so uh, going to have to work on on that uh, perspective, I guess. But other than that, uh, it was a pretty solid week. Um, and I let my dumb brain talk myself into the the Chiefs, so that that made me feel good. If I, if I did that and it didn't work out, after saying that on the show last week, I would have been pretty pissed. <laughs> uh, TJ, what about what about your week? Hey. You
2: tweeted it. I'm. I'm really glad you followed up on it. I mean, it, it turned out perfectly. Miko had a week, even. So yeah, that was uh That was good to see. Uh, I, on the other hand, did not do well. I, you know, <laughs> me, me and Deontay, we go hand in just, hand. As he just, just can't,
0: out. could not run any, any, uh, any worse <laughs> with that guy.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, that, that's it. So you know, I'm just dying on a limb there. But you know, I also played a good chunk of galladay man so that was that was kind of brutal and uh I, I was committed to AJ Green and I played him as my most used Bengal receiver. Uh T got there. Green didn't. Yeah running backs were fine. Defense was fine. Wide receivers just buried me. Yeah
1: it was it was a rough week T J I slid uh AJ Green into a couple lineups and uh I also had some Galladay day. Um, I I looked at I, I might have picked the worst possible lineup. Like I was looking, I'm like, I don't think I could have put worse players in a position to form a <laughs> score that didn't hit triple digits in my, in my cash lineup this week. I was just like, people must have saw me that challenged me in head-to-head. So it was just like, oh, <laughs> look at this clown show. <laughs> Thank God my actual name is not part of my <laughs> my DraftKings handle. <laughs> well, guys, that's the beauty of, of da- Daily Fantasy Sports. We get a shot. To get back at it every week and put that behind us. So, listen, a a ton of COVID this week, all abound. Uh, Luckily, the Thursday night game, the Thursday night game might end up on the main slate at some point, now that I think about it, (laughs) if it gets canceled. And uh, so we just might be seeing those players, but the Thursday game is a mess. And there are just numerous players across different teams, both defense and offense, that are going to affect DFS this weekend. Uh, But let's jump in with the first one we got. That is the Chicago Bears facing off against the Tennessee Titans with a a total of 46.5. The Titans are on a two-game losing streak. uh, Two weeks ago, leading into the game against Pittsburgh, I I had asked on this podcast, hey, are they the best team in the NFL right now? And maybe it was me to jinx them, but they've not played entirely great. And they're just not playing well on defense, which while I don't know that we love – the Bears offense, it hasn't been great lately. There are some good matchups, I think, for the Bears in this game. But, uh, but you know what? Let's just jump right into the Bears then. Just since we're starting that side, uh, TJ a- Allen Robinson coming in at $6,900. So we have a sub $7,000 uh, wide receiver one. It's going against the 30th ranked wide receiver defense. Uh, um, you know, he got back to a 20 plus game after a couple of low outputs uh, with 687 for one. Is Alvin Robinson a guy against this not-so-great Tennessee defense, a guy you're looking to get into the lineups this week?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's certainly a guy you're going to play. Uh, there's always a receiver that hits against Tennessee every single week. Uh, A-Rob the best bet. Uh, but, you know, he's not the only one in play. Uh, Darnell Mooney, we talked about him last week. He's truly emerging as a viable option as well. Uh, his price is actually far more attractive at 3900 Either one could hit. There's not like a, there's not an individual matchup against the Titans that, you know, funnel something elsewhere. Just a, a, every single one of them can hit there. So yeah. uh, A. Rob is in play and Mooney is in play. Uh, what about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, I mean the if I just keep if I just kept pounding the table for Mooney, it had to it had to work eventually. Uh, it finally did last week. I actually played him in cash. Um, he's he's had at least five targets in uh, each of the past six games. Like he's uh, crawling up into the top twelve in air yards. Um, it's like obviously Robinson is going to see a huge share of the targets there, and and. I would never, I would never talk anybody out of playing Alan Robinson, but I think Mooney, uh, even if you're only building a few lineups, uh, could could provide some salary saving uh, that will make your lineup make you feel a lot better about your lineup. I think 3,900 is like an extremely ridiculous price for his workload right now.
2: Yeah, he, he had, had the some 50- ownership leverage there last week against Mims. Huh? With Mooney?
0: Yeah, yeah, and we said. <laughs> We, uh, I actually played, uh, actually played both of them in cash. So that was,
2: that Ooh, was interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's how my homes get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey,
1: listen, if you're going to, if you're going to stack those, those Chiefs, you're going to have to find creative ways of getting them in there. Um, listen, Miller, he did not practice today with a toe issue on Wednesday. That is, surprisingly, he saw 11 targets in that game last week and he did catch eight for 73. So maybe we're starting to see, uh, a more spread, spread out usage of the three wide receivers. Uh, Jimmy Graham is banged up, so that could be the reason why we're seeing Miller play more slot work with them not having as many tight end options on the field. Uh, I don't think either one of you guys are interested in, in Montgomery because regardless of matchup, regardless of you know decent value, he got 26 touches last week, or at least 21 carries and five targets, and the numbers just don't produce. They're not there. So he's a guy I don't think – Guess the juice is flowing at all. Um, If you don't interrupt me, I'm going to assume that that's true, and I'll move over to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Up, <laughs> TJ's off a of mute. Slight interruption. Eh, just <laughs> slight interruption.
2: You know, it looks a lot different with one touchdown on those touches. You know, and I I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily his fault, partially his fault, but you know, it just it just the optics are quite different just scoring once. So yeah, I wouldn't completely rule him out because of that.
1: He like. Uh, I agree with you there. He does, you know, he's reasonably priced at 5,700 for a guy who's getting that type of volume. So look twice, uh, Tannehill at $6,300. He's kind of the last two weeks been the guy you don't want to pay up for. And I know $6,300 doesn't seem like a pay up, but there are other guys in that price range that have a better path to points than him. Uh, Derek Henry has a Derrick Henry's type of game, you know, 112 touchdown puts up, uh, you know, a decent day. He's up at $7,900. A- 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 AJ Brown didn't see a lot of work. Uh, four for 24 and one. He got that touchdown to make the day look better. He's at $6,600. But I-, I have to bring up Corey Davis. I have to. Because Corey Davis at $5,100 saw 10 targets. He pulled an eight for 128 and one and uh, had 29.8 points. And he's. Just hanging around a little bit more this year than he has in past years, Matt. Tell me if Corey Davis, you know, at that price would fit into a a cash lineup for you.
0: I mean, if I'm playing Corey Davis in cash, please just shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I I just, I'm not. I don't really, I don't think his ownership is going to be much of anything. Um, So it's not even like you have to consider it as like a as like a block play in cash um his his workload is obviously uh attractive but i just feel like um i don't i don't know if i can wrap my head around it maybe tj can talk me into it
2: <laughs> let me take that a step farther if i'm playing Corey davis in tournaments just shoot me. <laughs> all
1: right so let's bounce off of cory Corey davis to a guy another guy you haven't been huge on this year tj and that's janu smith he's dropped below four thousand this week it is a good matchup uh against the 24th ranked tight end defense he has not seen a lot of targets since uh coming back from the, the injury two weeks ago uh is but he did start off the year after four games as a top three tight end so we know that he can be used to this offense to that ability it does he start to become attractive to you at thirty nine hundred dollars
2: he doesn't honestly uh he's a guy reliant on scripted plays for him uh low a dot guy not necessarily i I believe i've watched every titan snap this year at least on rewind and if i recall he has one end zone target Uh, i could be off there but he's just not a guy i'm excited to play like uh especially considering uh the colts he's a guy like trey burton uh even cheaper and he kind of gets those scoring opportunities that Jonu Smith just doesn't get. Are you on him at all, Matt?
0: No, no, I I completely agree. I think uh, just tight end-wise, like you said, Burton is cheaper uh, and, and probably has uh, a better, like, floor-ceiling combination. And even, like, I mean, if you're going to play a guy who's going to see, like, one or two targets most weeks, like, you could just – Play Irv at twenty nine hundred and save save some money if you're just going like complete punt. Um, you know I I, I like Jonu in general and I liked him coming into the year, but it just doesn't seem like it's uh, like it's working out for him.
1: Plus, you get the Burton Wildcat. We all love a little Burton Wildcat, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Before we move on from waiting that Philly special. Before we move on for this game, is there anybody that I did not cover uh that we want to hit? I don't think so either. All right, so we're gonna move along to uh boy, this talk about COVID. We got the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. This is a fifty-two total. Uh that that'll probably drop, I think, before the game kicks off because Matt Stafford was placed on the reserve COVID nineteen list on Wednesday. He's considered a high risk contact, so he needs to clear uh, testing for five consecutive days in order to play in that game, which means he's not going to practice leading up to that if he does get cleared for that day. Now, listen, this is a veteran who's played in that offense and have played with most of these weapons long enough where he's okay. But Kenny Galladay's out more than likely. He's doubtful with a hip injury. So where we were coming into a matchup for the Lions that really looked nice, like I, I was really liking the prospects of, Marvin Jones, some of those deeper plays here. So, Matt, with Stafford more than likely out or a last-second you know, clearance to play, are we staying away from guys like Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall, which would, could have been a, maybe a nice, tricky play? He had a decent week last week and seems to seem to have been playing better when Gallaudet was out earlier in the year because they're, they're cheap and they're reasonable. They're going against the 29th-ranked wide receiver defense. But overall, you just – scare it clear of Detroit this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really I, I can't muster up the energy to be uh to be excited about like a Chase Daniel uh led offense or uh, you know, these poor guys have to practice with Chase Daniel all week and then maybe they get like a a no practice Stafford coming back. <laughs> I don't I just like I feel like there's there's quite a few spots uh, on the slate that I really do want to prioritize, and this I, I just feel like will probably fall to the wayside whether Stafford comes back or not. Um, what about you, TJ? I, th- the good news for for tournament-wise would probably be that they're, all these guys are going to see super low ownership because of this situation, but I don't know if you're willing to uh, roll the dice there.
2: <clears throat> I, I'm not sure I want to play Detroit quarterback in any way, shape, or form, but uh, it would appear that... It, that Hall is the direct backup to Galladay, and he's the guy that might carry that same role into this week. And at that price, especially with the plethora of high price, super-attractive options we had this week, he's certainly a guy I'm going to look into uh, as this week progresses.
1: Yeah, we might see Quintez Cephas active again for the first time since Galladay came back also, who did see some downfield work when Galladay was out. Early in a year, um, I don't think any of us. Go ahead, TJ. I
2: don't no, just I, I have a hard time. I mean, I love Cephas. I I have a ton of Dynasty exposure. It's yeah. just hard to believe a guy's going to go from inactive to, you know, volume role of any sort.
1: Yeah, yeah, I still <laughs> expect the Hall to be the the guy over him. Just just adding that he'll probably be involved in this game in some way whether not not in a big way but in some way uh I don't think anybody's excited over uh DeAndre Swift who had six carries for one yard we I understand he was getting a lot of targets but not great even the <laughs> targets uh were not great <laughs> this past week so yeah I think for me personally the only guy I would even consider for me to be comfortable with would be Hawkinson and I don't think I want to pay $5,100 for tight end I will say that after three straight weeks of having three uh, having a touchdown in each game he did not see the end zone but he saw 10 targets and pulled in seven for 65 so he's a guy who's gonna probably see a little bit more of an uptick with Galladay out of the lineup this week but again we've already spoken about cheaper more reasonable options on the other side and the shame of it is um I think Minnesota who shocked everybody coming out and beating Green Bay last week I think that they had some nice options in this game as well, but I don't know if Detroit's gonna keep up with them where they're gonna need to throw. So Matt, is it Dalvin Cook at eighty two hundred dollars coming off a fifty one point six point week? You just throw them in your cash lineup and, and move on and just figure out the rest.
0: I mean that was so tilting. Like I I I didn't even like for a moment consider being like, you know what, I really, I really gotta get uh cook into my lineups like my my week uh I, we could have been uh, the three of us could have been sipping Mai Tais somewhere on an island uh doing this show if I would have played some Dalvin Cook last week um yeah I mean you you obviously have to have to consider uh him in in any format I think he's probably gonna be uh I would guess definitely the highest owned running back uh, and maybe the highest owned like anything uh this week with maybe a couple guys kind of close to him like your uh the couple other truck options we'll talk about but yeah i mean you you have to you'd have to consider him they they brought him right back and gave him everything that uh you would have you would have expected them and he came out clean health wise so uh what about you t j how are you how are you handling him in in tournaments with that ownership?
2: That last part, man, smash, come out healthy, uh, rinse, repeat, get get somehow an even sweeter matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's perfect. It, the setup is perfect. So, of course, it's going to fail, but uh, he, he'll <laughs> be my most own running back. <laughs> Under any circumstance, like, this is kind of an ownership be damned uh, spot where I, I just don't think you can be without him. Uh, and he will be my most own back without question.
1: Yeah, currently the worst running back defense in, in uh in fantasy on a weekly basis in Detroit. So it's a smash matchup. Uh listen, Thielen and Jefferson. To be expected on a week where somebody has the game that Dalvin Cook has, they both, you know, crapped the bed. A 5.7 out of Thielen and a 5.6 out of Jefferson. Um, again, I, I would love it if uh Matthew Stafford was healthy and Detroit was gonna be able to put up points for them in a chase, but um Before we get out of here, are either one of those guys going to make it into lineups for you guys this week? D-Win and Jefferson.
0: DJ, go ahead now.
2: I'm just listening to Uh, the wind. Honestly, if if you want to just really go out on a limb and uh, go no ownership, uh, play Cousins double stack with those two with Swift. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you're
1: <laughs> two yeah. things you're going to get you're going to get low ownership and you're going to get the totals mm. that i had last week in my lineups <laughs> which, which did not win anybody anything <laughs> if i was in a contest for fewest points i probably would have taken the, the prize last week <laughs> all right guys let's move over to the new york giants and the washington football team
0: this we is a uh,
1: it, we, we do and i gotta tell you what a pathetic total of 41 but matt Let's just listen, you've insulted the Giants a lot this year, and mostly rightfully so. Yeah. But I, I have to be honest with you, aside from like the game against the 49ers, they have not gotten blown out by anybody. So my, <laughs> my point is their defense. So coming into the year, I think that we all thought, hey, this, they've got some good parts on the offense, and they'll probably score and keep up with people, but the defense can't stop anybody. How surprised at <laughs> you are you at how well the defense has actually played and not gotten the support? Of the offense,
0: I mean, if I wasn't really betting uh, much of anything on on one Daniel Jones, so uh, I was not expecting the offense to really um, hum. Yeah, look, like wonderful. They're like playing, they're playing close games um, and losing. You know, whatever. (laughs) Like, what are they one and seven now? And they really realistically shouldn't have even tried to win that one game. Um. Yeah, I mean they're they're playing inspired Joe Judge football. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know. Like what are you? I don't know. Like man, Terry McLaurin. Actually, Belichick
2: football now too, isn't it? Is that also yeah. Belichick football now? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Belichick
2: has, they, listen, Belichick
1: again? has. uh Belichick has. twice the wins as the
2: Giants <laughs> right now. So, oh, watch it. All right. The mentor <laughs> is still ahead.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no. Terry McLaurin is gonna score like 45 DraftKings points uh, this week. That's that's my favorite play in this game, and I don't really think uh, that I will have much of of anything else uh, as far as this is concerned. Maybe maybe I talk myself on Sunday morning into a, a, a Gibson share or two, but that's probably uh, that's probably about it for me.
1: Listen. He had the big game before the bye week. Gibson. He's, he saw his first twenty carry game. He had a forty yard run, a touchdown. Uh, the Giants have been better against the pass than a run this year when it comes to that defense. So I do see a a path to a good game for Gibson at fifty eight hundred dollars. Uh, McKissick took the step back when that happened. Uh, had his worst game in his previous you know four totals. So it looks like Gibson is starting to take the control of that and they're and they're coming out of bye week. So there might have been some stuff put in for him. So I don't think it's a bad play. The other guy on the Washington side, you know, Matt, I know I played him a ton early in the year and he kept kicking me in the ding ding and it probably did it to you. But back to back games uh for Logan Thomas with touchdowns before the bye week and at 3700 dollars does come in again as a very reasonable tight end play. Um I, I went back to him after he didn't score in that after he scored in that game not having him, I did go back to him right before the bye week. I have a feeling Logan Thomas will find his way to my lineups. TJ, what do you see on the Washington football side?
2: Um, I, I mean, I Thomas, <clears throat> excuse me, Thomas isn't like a putrid play. But I, I don't think he's going to make the cut into into a build of mine. <laughs>
0: the TJ seal of approval.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I can't get excited for it, you know. But I, I also can't say that's trash. No way. I just, I think it's just outside the bubble. But uh, on the Washington side, uh, Matt said McLaurin is the best player on the Washington side. He's in play every week, uh, matchup independent. But also, especially in games where you can see a script uh, playing from ahead for Washington, Gibson also a weekly play now. Um I and I do think script matters for him. I think uh if we're we're getting the Reds or the football team excuse me as a 12 point dog, then you know those those are the kind of games that McKissick is more alive, I think. But uh, they're projected to win this game because you know the Giants. And I do <laughs> want to say completely unbiased, neutral third party my god did they get screwed on Monday. But uh, I guess in the long run probably helps them.
1: Well it uh, definitely helped it helped I'll... me. As a guy who teased the Giants up to 19 and then Ooh. took the uh then took the Buccaneers uh on the money line when they were down 14-3. I cashed both ways, so they <laughs> that passing appearance didn't bother Beautiful. me at all. <laughs>
2: Perfect. <laughs> And yeah, just uh, pivoting over to the giant side of the ball. I'm not touching anyone except Evan Ingram. Uh, the volume is there. He's going to hit eventually. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to play, but I definitely won't
1: be without him this week. Yeah, he, he showed – what happened with Ingram is – and he saw 10 targets pulled in five, and he caught that downfield fingertip uh, catch that if he would have done it just a few weeks early against the Eagles, probably would have them possibly in a tie for first place in that sad division, but – what it's we saw, giant. what we saw out of Ingram is is what keeps us holding on, right? Is because all the talent is there, all the talent is there. It's just he doesn't always put it together, and in this game, we saw some of that. And it's going to keep us coming back, like it's going to keep TJ coming back this week. But Matt, before we get out of here on this game. Let's talk about the Giants wide receivers. Uh all reasonably priced Slayton at five thousand, Shepard at forty eight hundred, Tate at um, gonna get ignored this week because he yeah. didn't treat his teammates right. So let's not even talk about Joe to Judge Tate. football. <laughs> so, but talk to me about Slayton and Shepherd. Is it at the point now where it's gonna be one or the other every other week? You're not quite sure and it's a dark throw, or do you feel like Shepard has come back and taken control of this offense or you know, as a Giants as the resident Giants fan? Uh
0: I think this is like the dime store version of Lockett and Metcalf, and where I'm just never gonna get it right. <laughs> maybe dime store is even too expensive, maybe like the penny store version yeah um, but you you get what I mean like i I think that there are going to be weeks uh where <clears throat> either one of them are going to be uh just heavily targeted, just gonna see you know 10 eleven targets and and Dj just like locks in on them. Uh, and I have no um no reason to believe that I can actually figure out which uh which way that's gonna go. Um since I have Slayton in my home league, I think that it will probably end up being Shepard quite a bit. Um <laughs> but that's just my uh my my jinx take on the matter. Uh what about you TJ do you do you like either of those guys?
1: No nah, he's all Ingram all the time. Yeah and honestly
0: just if
2: if I had to choose watching these games the last couple of weeks, I think you have to lean to the Shepherd side, but it can be anyone yeah. at any time. Yeah. All
1: right, guys, let's jump over to Houston and Jacksonville, where the – if I'm correct in saying Houston has one win, right? So the one win, Houston Texans are on the road favored by seven in this game. Now I understand Jacksonville is faking an injury to Minshew so they could start a rookie, so they could officially start the tank because they've decided Minshew is the guy they're going to move on from. But uh, that's a lot of points for a team that's only won one game. And you know what? I think Houston's a lot better than that, actually, so they'll probably they'll probably end up covering it. But uh, listen, uh, we almost saw Will Foley get moved to Green Bay this week, but Green Bay has decided against all costs to get any wide receivers in there outside of Devontae Adams. They figured, what well, Adams could just get all the targets – that three wide receivers would get, and we don't need to bring in another guy. But the, the wide receiver I want to talk about is Brandon Cooks because he's he's $1,300 cheaper than four. And in those last three games, he's seen targets of 12, 9, and 9. And he's been pretty solid since he put up that goose egg in week four. TJ, is Brandon Cooks trustworthy? Oh, hell no. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not trustworthy, but uh, also, I mean, at this point, we with what the Jags are trying to do, I think Mike Glennon is actually too good, so let's think about that for a minute, so yeah, you can't play Mike Glennon because you might win, you have a 2% chance of winning, so yeah, I think we're just going to see an absolute mm-hmm. steamrolling here for the rest of the year, and it probably... It, starting this week and every week, and no, Cooks is not trustworthy, and I'm not even sure Fuller or anyone else on the passing side is. I want to say they are. Like, I want to like Watson, but uh, it feels gross. David Johnson's the best player on the Texans' side.
1: Well, we what talked about that well, Listen, oh, that's – right, <laughs> No, no, I'll tell you where Matt's at. He he said he said last week David Johnson has a uh, or was it two weeks ago, uh, a floor of, of twelve or a ceiling of twelve or something along those lines. basically it's a pile of crap, right? And we've seen him, even at his relatively good price in good matchups, not not perform this year. So no, he, has, he,
0: he has a floor of eleven point two and a, a ceiling of twelve point two.
1: There it is. He's got the old one point no, uh, steal to variance. He
0: he did he did have a good game. Uh right before the, right before the buyer, right? I think he scored a touchdown maybe. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I can't really imagine Jacksonville putting up much of a fight in this game uh, just from like a, you know, sustaining drives perspective um, with whatever is going to be playing quarterback uh, for, for the Jags. So um, I would imagine that we're going to see a heavy dose of David Johnson down the stretch and <clears throat> we haven't we haven't really seen like them have to like close out a, a game because they only have one win um the the other win that they have was a you know 16 point win against the Jaguars uh, and he David Johnson almost hit the bonus uh, on like seventeen carries so I mean, it's it's kind of hard to just be like, no, I don't I I don't want to I don't want to play David Johnson because of my biases, but I I will probably end up playing David Johnson because this is just like, if it doesn't happen now, I mean, when the, when the hell is it gonna happen?
2: <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine a better spot, right? Like, uh, yeah, that the entire Jags defense, front to back, there is no strength. You know, there's nothing that they stop well. Uh, you imagine they're playing from behind and then just placing this entire workload on Jake Luton's shoulders, and it, it's just like too much of an ask. It might be worse than Danucci,
1: honestly. Oh my God! I don't I, listen. We we will not have to talk Denucci this week, thank God. But I I don't know. I, I saw things that I never thought I would see from an NFL, and I, I I I think it's too much or too nice of me to call him an NFL quarterback. That guy's not an NFL quarterback. He doesn't belong. On a roster, on a bench, he, he doesn't belong bringing water out. Um, listen, so tell me what this does then for a couple of targets or a couple of other players on the Jaguars that have been good this year, guys who have actually performed well. And what does this do to their values? Let's start with James Robinson, who comes in at $7,000 and put up you know, just a phenomenal game before their bye week, 34.7. But it's just, just a matter of, hey – We're going to stack the box now and, uh, and uh, dare Luton to beat us. So Matt, does James Robinson just lose value week by week as we go forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish, I kind of wish Bill O'Brien was still coaching uh, right now because I don't think he'd realize that he should just stack the box (laughs) and make, and make Luton beat them. Um, But like, it's it's frustrating, right? Because Robinson has one of the most or had at least one of the most valuable workloads among all the running backs. Uh, he, you know, he's he's seen, uh, I think, about thirty five percent of the Jaguars opportunities. He is used pretty heavily uh, in the passing game. I think he's in the top ten in both targets and in carries this year. But. Um, but who the hell knows what that offense looks like and if you know is Luton gonna end up giving him uh I don't think I would be surprised with an eight target game or a one target game so what like it, you you really kind of have to uh, you have to hope for the best if you're playing Robinson um, but if his role so far has been is gonna be any indication and Luton checks down then like he's a smash probably. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to wait a week to see that. But yeah, TJ, what do you go ahead? But tell us what your feelings on the uh, Jacksonville side.
2: No, Matt nailed it uh, with Robinson. It, it, you can see one target, you can see a target, but it, it, if you're playing him, you are essentially projecting that eight-target game. Yeah, because you have essentially zero touchdown <laughs> equity at this point, and now you're <laughs> you're you're completely playing him as a receiver in the running back position, uh, understanding that the game script is going to be what it is.
1: And what what's your take on Chark and uh, Chenault and even Cole, who's been decent this year? All really relatively recently priced, but I think at, at least a week we got to see if he has got any favors or where it goes from here. But even that, it could be week to week with, with a young quarterback like that. So you're just staring clear of all all receivers in Jacksonville.
2: I mean, if you're if you're shooting a bullet, I, I still think Chark is the highest volume, so and the best player. And that's who I would play. But, I mean, man, it's just so hard to do. I don't know. If I'm going to try and talk myself into doing something silly with uh, with Shark. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do it.
1: Gluton Shark stacks for the green this week. Matt, we are at the point where we need to pay some bills. <clears throat>
0: All let right, right. Uh, we'll get right after it with uh, Indeed is back with us again. Uh, even though sports had a break. Your business did not, you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, you only pay for what you need, you can pause your account whenever you feel like you need to and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. They have sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire than their competitors. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses so far. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means that uh, you will see more quality candidates finding your posting fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. If you go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire, you will get access to that great deal. Terms and conditions apply, and the offer is valid through December 31st. Uh, and that is that is it. We'll, uh, we'll talk about Bet BetOnline uh, on our way out later.
1: All right, very good. Let's uh, We'll have to get rolling into these games so Matt does not freak out when we hit that hour and 10-minute mark. Uh, let's get right into Baltimore and Indianapolis with a total of 46. Guys, don't look now, but Lamar Jackson, for the first time, is under $7,000 this week. He comes in at $6,900. And on top of that, Mark Andrews, who had been over $6,000 all year and fell to fifty eight dollars last week, comes in below $5,000 this week. So we got – uh, the possibility of a Jackson Andrews stack at the cheapest you're ever going to see it, does that get you excited or do you just feel like it's things are just not right in Baltimore right now, TJ? Things aren't right in Baltimore and this is
2: just, I mean, this isn't is what a 17-10 game. Uh, there's very few, very little I want out of this game outside of the defenses. I mean, I already mentioned Trey Burton earlier. He's, he's going to be a screaming value with ceiling every week until they move his price. But on the Baltimore side of the ball, I just cannot project anyone that I want to play. Uh, there's not an individual matchup. There. I don't think there's a game script I want to attack here. Uh, this is just an absolutely gross game. Uh, why am I wrong, Matt?
0: You are not. You are not even remotely wrong. I didn't. Even, I'm not even writing this game up. I have no interest uh, in this game under pretty much any circumstance. And then you throw on top like all the, uh, I believe there's some some COVID questions uh, about this game as well. And I just, I really just think this is going to go way under and has uh, has no no real fantasy goodness for me, unless you want to go Bra- Marquise Brown squeaky wheel. Uh, that's the, that's the, that's the one narrative. But other than that, I have no interest.
1: <laughs> you know, I, it, 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 occurred to me about that when the tweet first went out, his, uh, disgruntled tweet that he quickly deleted. Uh, it's amazing how these guys will quickly delete tweets. So yeah, I mean, over on, over on the Colts side, we'll move through this quickly. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has been underperforming all year and then leaves with a groin injury. Uh, so, you know, you thrown and pit me thrown a Pascal, Probably not the running backs. Jonathan Taylor had a, this surprise ankle injury that nobody knew about going to the game. Um, and all of a sudden Jordan Wilkins lights injury. it Yeah. It Jordan Wilkins lights it up. And guess what? George, Jordan Wilkins was limited with a groin injury on Wednesday. So you probably want to avoid both sides of this game altogether. Like both of you guys have already pointed out. It's going to be a low total. Look at the defenses. And uh, with, the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers priced up at $4,900, the most ever on any slate. In DraftKings history, here maybe you can find a little bit cheaper options here in this game. So let's quickly move to Carolina and Kansas City as we hit on earlier. This is a total of 53. By the way, so
2: let me stop you. I'm sorry. Uh, anytime I, I had to go, I didn't realize Andrews is down at 4,800. I think I overlooked that initially. I mean, that's that's a price worth playing. I don't care. He still uh, can see a little slight volume uptick. The individual matchup is fine. Uh, the tight end ranking for Andy is very good, but the individual matchup is advantage Andrews. Uh, he's perfectly fine there. Sorry, carry on, buddy.
1: No, not not a problem at all. Uh, yeah, it's it's startling the prices that you could get right now in in Baltimore. But um, Andrews is probably the one guy because you, 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 you can't rely on the running backs on that side of the ball either. We didn't touch on the fact that Dobbins. Dobbins, by the way, has the best yards per carry out of. Uh, any player eligible, I believe, in the NFL this year. And maybe we start to see a better volume going forward. I don't think this will be the week that I would get him in the lineups, but Dobbins could be a really nice second half of the year play. All right. So we talked, we touched on Matt's stacking of the Chiefs earlier. This week they play Carolina. I'm not going to come out and say, hey, don't play these guys this week, but I think we lean heavier to the run this week. As we've said many times, when you're playing Carolina, you want to get your running backs in there. So before we touch on Christian McCaffrey coming back this year, Matt, uh, Bell flopped in his revenge game against the Jets with seven yards on six carries. He did manage 31 receiving yards on three receptions, but, um, do you see a much different picture this week with him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or do you think that it's just going to be, hey, Bell's here is insurance, and his offense is going to run the way it's been all year?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it gets to, uh, maybe it gets to a point where, um, do he end up with like nine opportunities last week, Bell? Maybe he, you know, pushes up to like the like 12 13 opportunities range I don't think that he uh you know flips the flips the depth chart and and ends up you know being the guy at any point um but I think I just think it's enough that it's kind of hard to to bank on on uh Elair uh for <laughs> for for 6100 um you know he'll he'll be reasonably reasonably low owned and I think that you can you could probably say, you know, if uh, if he figures out a way to score multiple touchdowns, like he's probably in a lot of the optimal lineups. But I don't really feel like banking on that personally. Um, what about you, TJ? How are you? How are you attacking the, the backfield here? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't know. This is so hard. Uh, you know, we're looking at last week. It's like, OK, Bell busted. Uh, you know, it, like you said, nine opportunities. CH had exactly the same. Yeah. So uh I actually That game was look, so
0: damn weird too.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I mean w- w- what do you do here? I I mean this really is a puzzle the Chiefs are. And I think no matter who gets touches they do something with them this week. Uh it could be both, could be neither. Uh the price on CH is still a little bit prohibitive. <sighs> I don't know, man. Uh, I think if I'm playing it back in this game, I'm paying up for McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, well, all right. Let's go. Before we get to the uh, the Kansas City, the rest of the players of Kansas City, sorry. let's just – no, don't be sorry at all. This is our show, fellas, our show. You lead it any way you want it to go. But let's get over to Christian McCaffrey. $8,500 uh, back off this week. TJ, since you brought him up, Do we see a full workload right away? I mean, he looked good in practice on Wednesday. Those are the reports. Cutting fine. I think he probably could have played last week and they held him out that extra week, which was since they played on Thursday, a little bit longer. I I really think that he's primed to come back and carry the load. But do you think that they don't see it that way? And Mike Davis, who's priced at $6,700 as a backup this week, is it going to be both of them like 70-30 or are we going 90-plus percentage for McCaffrey week one.
2: I'm not sure we see that typical 95-5 uh, or 90-10 that we get out of a CMC workload, but I still think it's a 75-25, 80-20 neighborhood. And especially in what we're going to see in this game, there's going to be scoring pace. It's going to be huge. Uh, I absolutely think that's more than enough to get this 8500 500- Christian McCaffrey in your lineup with Dalvin Cook and we will find ways. We
1: will make it happen. <laughs> Listen, seventeen thousand dollars, you got your two running backs and away we go. <laughs> so let's you can make it work.
2: Well, two years ago that cost uh that cost twenty one. So yeah, I mean this easy. Is- Listen, listen. We'll we'll
1: get to uh, we'll get to Deontay Johnson and his five thousand dollar price tag. So you're gonna fit nicely in there this week, TJ. Pick your head up. We're gonna get there, <laughs> Matt, Matt. on the Carolina side with the uh, with the wide receivers. Robbie Anderson has he's been slowing over the last three weeks. <laughs> TJ Moore. They put out a you know an all points bulletin last week for him because he did. not touch a ball until late in the fourth quarter. People were tilting everywhere, but he drops back down to $5,600 this week, which is another nice price on DJ Moore. We saw him have the blow up game just two weeks ago. And listen, I'm going to tell everybody I grabbed Curtis Samuel in some leagues early in the year thinking he's going to get some run now that Christian McCaffrey was out and they finally started using him the last two weeks in the backfield. He had two rushing touchdowns last week. We see him have, just a really big game. He's going back to obscurity now that Christian McCaffrey is back. But is there a wide receiver out of one of those three Matt that you would pop into a lineup this week?
0: I mean, if uh, if the grass is green, I'm going to have a DJ Moore lineup. I uh, I just can't I just can't not. Um we you know, I I said it a couple weeks ago before that game I said that uh that Saints game could be Uh, one of the, when we look back on the year, one of the highest scoring games, uh, that he has on the season. And I was hoping it would, it would come a little easier than needing to score two touchdowns, but, uh, he, he did get there on five targets, but I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't really like, I probably will end up there and the, the price is decent, but I don't feel like supremely confident, uh, both choosing one over the other and just playing either of them and I'm not even like considering like Curtis Samuel in this conversation more um, and more and Anderson like I, I don't really have too strong of a preference other than they'll probably see the same about the same ownership and DJ Moore's cheaper so Moore gets the nod for for those reasons.
1: Uh, TJ, back over on the Kansas City side, I mean, listen, Tyreek Hill is who he is, and uh, he's priced up there at 7100 and Kelsey is who he is. We know that those are the first two targets in his offense. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, listen, uh, they they tease us with this McCole Hardman. They tease us because every time that they give him volume, every time they they target him, nine targets, seven catches, 96 yards and the touchdown, we see just how special this guy can actually be. At forty eight hundred dollars, TJ, this is very similar to my Brandon Cooks question because I see them as similar type of players, right? They, if they get the volume and the targets, they have this ability to blow up. But are you feeling like it's time to trust Hardman, or you got to see it more consistently? Well,
2: trust is a big word. Uh, That's what she no, said. Absolutely, don't trust. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I I absolutely don't trust him, but I'm still going to play some this week, and I'm also (laughs) going to play some Tyreek, and I'm also going to play some damn DeMarcus Robinson. So, uh, you know, Matt Matt was a week ahead of me, and I was kind of silly about it. Uh, Every pass catcher on the Chiefs is in play every single week. And if just balking at that, no matter the matchup, no matter the game, even the Jets, even the damn Jets, uh it's bad process and that's totally on me and Matt nailed
1: it well I was right there with you I I was I was definitely in your corner of not playing any of them last week so with that said if if they're all in play then there will be some Byron Pringle in my lineups this week that is a joke (laughs) if you're listening to this show that is a joke but with that said to uh,
0: (laughs) a real quick shout out to Hassan over at Rotovis he's a he's a big Pringle
1: guy Yeah, With that said, he's going to score this week. You know he's going to score this week. Take him for a scoring prop this week, Byron Pringle. Uh, Guys, let's jump over to the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. And coming out of that Thursday night game, Atlanta, who played Carolina, we had all the makings for them to lose that game late again. It was there. It was happening. But I think the key for Atlanta is play on Thursday night because they only seem to blow those leads on Sunday. So they were playing on Thursday, and I think Teddy Bridgewater kind of gave it, gave it away. He, that yeah. was not a good game by Teddy Bridgewater. But nonetheless, the Falcons did not blow that game late, and they have two wins since firing TJ's former favorite coach in the NFL. Guys, Julio, is, uh, Julio at $7,200 appears to be back as the stud dog in this offense, and Calvin Ridley is a little banged up. He's dealing with a foot issue. He did not practice. On Wednesday, Russell Gage, who's the other guy we've seen get some play in that offense, he has both shoulder and knee injuries. Um, so Julio and Hurst, Hurst only $4,100. I know, I know, Trey Burton, he's my guy too. I know, but I gotta build him up because Hurst is in this game. Do we see a, an uptick for Hurst? And is it just to throw Julio in at 7,200 because he's back to being consistent? either one of you guys, I didn't, I I, I think it's Hurst
0: week personally. I'm, I, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe three weeks ago, the Vikings game, he didn't see, uh, six or more targets, but for the last five weeks, uh, he has, it, it seems like Ryan is, uh, you know, sort of growing this rapport with him. Um, and I mean, if he's going to see six, seven targets, at forty one hundred, I think that's that's pretty hard to argue with. Like, obviously, you also want to play Julio. <laughs> like, hopefully, if you're listening to this, that goes without saying. But yeah, no, I think I think Hurst is uh, is going to find his way into a few of my lineups uh, this week. What about what about you, TJ? You
2: know, I think Hurst is my favorite play on the Atlanta side of the ball but he's not my favorite tight end player in this game. So (laughs) I I, I truly had one player from this game written down that I wanted to play, and that was no offense. I I, I think Hurst is the best play on Atlanta. Uh, I think we're asking a little too much paying up for Julio uh, where he is now. If Ridley is ruled out, I think Blake is interesting. He seems to be the direct backup to Ridley much like Zacchaeus was to Julio. and But I do think Ridley engaged both play, so maybe both banged up. Like you said, Hayden Hurst, that's a play on the Atlanta side. Um, but I just for some reason don't love this game, despite the fact that it is a Falcons game.
1: Yeah, I listen because it's uh, and I thought for sure you're talking about Okawuka whatever that that guy's name is, at tight end, and that's a joke. I knew you meant Fant, but I just like trying to say that guy's name. Uh, oh, Quite uh, Yeah, sure. We, what he's got, bless you. Um, listen, there's a lot of cheap options at wide receiver over on the Denver side, right? But you just don't want to play any of them. It's just the offense, uh, pretty much, I guess, runs through these running backs and that tight end right now. And I, I got to be honest with you, they're priced around the same price, 5300 5200 But uh, Lindsey looks better when he touches the ball. He's doing more with less. He's had really big runs. He looks spry. Um, he's, he's still questionable. I think that they're, they're just going easy because he was coming back off of a little bit of a concussion. But uh, with Fant being your favorite play on a favorite tight end play, What do you feel it's TJ on the, on the running backs? Do you want to play either one of these guys reasonably priced against the 25th ranked running back defense, 5,300,
2: 5,200? Yeah. When both of them are playing, I don't want to play either. I mean, it's as simple as that. And even if it's just a super sweet matchup, uh, I'm just out on it. And I'll go back to the tight ends just ask you both a question. Uh, is Hayden Hurst capable of a 25-point game?
1: I would say he's going to need two touchdowns to get there, right? Sure, so sure, there's right. a lot to go around that on offense, and we know that Gurley somehow finds a way into the end zone every week, no matter how bad he looks. <laughs> so he's getting at least one of them, and uh, one will go to the, the wide receiver. So uh, he's capable of it. My, my, my belief in it being likely is not there. What about you, Matt?
2: Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, now go ahead, TJ.
2: Oh, no, I was just saying I I think that 15 to 20 range is perfectly reasonable. I think uh, even with a touchdown, you know, maybe getting a 20, but that 25, like I think that's where I'm seeing a difference where you get that big game out of fan. Like he can break an 80-yard play. You know, he needs an A dot of zero to go 80 yards. That's I guess that's why I'm just going to fan, knowing the volume. But uh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, man.
0: No, I was just going to say it, it is interesting when you when you think of these like highly targeted tight ends, you would expect there to be a significant chunk of that coming in the red zone. And it that just hasn't been the case uh, with Hurst. I think he only has either three or four uh, red zone targets on the year. And even like just looking at red zone targets probably isn't that valuable. You'd really want to go like inside the 10. So at most you're talking about three or four of those targets all year. So um I, I definitely i definitely get that that argument against him for sure just real quick and we can move on to the next game um i will have one lineup with judy uh 4700 he had 10 targets last week uh like a, i think 160 something air yards um it seems like they're uh they're trying to sort of prioritize him so i would like to be uh, a week early on that rather than a week late so. I will play one lineup with
1: him. Yeah, and reasonably priced, so I I could totally understand it, getting him in there. Maddie is always early to the game. All right, let's head over to the problem. Usually
0: very wrong, but every (laughs) once in a while it works out.
1: I was trying to build you up, buddy. (laughs) Let's move over to the game that probably excites people the most on this slate, and that is the Seattle Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills with a 55-point total. It's a two-point game or 2.5-point spread in this game. Listen, let's address the quarterbacks. Um, Josh Allen has not been good in three weeks, but at $7,000 priced below some of the, the higher-priced guys on this slate, he's going against what has been the worst quarterback defense in fantasy this year. And on the other side, we have Russell Wilson priced above him at $7,600, 7, is also in a smash spot. So, TJ, are you just making the lineups with both of these guys and – do you prefer one over the other this week? Man, I, it's
2: difficult for me because I'm unsure. I never know if I can trust the Seattle defense to truly be at their worst if they're not at home, which is super weird lately. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's actually been the case. And uh, every player with any significant volume on both passing games are absolutely smash plays this week. Obviously playing any real stacks in this game is going to disqualify from playing those high-priced running backs we were talking about uh, that I like. I, I feel like I'm a little – I like McCaffrey a little bit more than the two of you, but uh, I think we're all in accord that Dalvin Cook is a guy you still want to play. And now if you start making these rust stacks or these Allen stacks, especially if you're using digs, then it, it, it becomes prohibited, the running back position. So that's going to be a question we have to ask ourselves so we're building uh, come Thursday, come Sunday, whenever. But, yeah, I, I don't want any running backs in this game. I just want uh quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I think that's it.
1: Yeah, Diggs is priced all the way up at $7,400. But, um, man, Gabriel Davis looks so nice if John Brown doesn't play, and John Brown is not <laughs> practicing again. So at $3,200, uh, Gabriel Davis looks really nice over there. And Beasley at $5,200. Beasley's been consistent. He's been that's the one man that's the one that could
2: absolutely smash her again. Yep.
1: So uh, and I say this to you, TJ, and uh, then I'll get Matt's opinion on it. If if Chris Carson, who's going to be evaluated on Friday, doesn't play, DJ Dallas played the Chris Carson role last week when it comes to volume, and he got so he got 18 carries, five targets, and he saw a touchdown both receiving and rushing. So at five thousand dollars, I don't mind stacking him in a couple of those lineups. As a cheap option to get one of those other guys in there, Matt. What is your feelings on this entire game? This beautiful, glorious game.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I just I feel like it's it's just the usual suspects. Like I, I don't really, I think you guys pretty much hit everything. Like there's not there's not a ton that I want to play. Like I I'm not going to play DJ Dallas. Uh, I, I I think that there's there's a real Uh, you know, there's an alternate universe where he doesn't score either of those touchdowns and we're like making jokes about his (laughs) inefficiency. Um, And, you know, it is what it is like what we we do that in both directions with a lot of plays every single week. Um, But I just feel like I it's one of those like if he beats me, he beats me (laughs) sort of deals for me Uh, again, just because of I'm not really playing a ton of lineups, so um, I prefer I prefer Metcalf again this week over Lockett, and I, I don't really have many many other strong takes. Like I want to find a way to play Digs, but I don't know how I get there uh, with everything else that I want to play. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: <laughs> Metcalf a full thousand dollars more than Lockett this week, though. So if you're looking to save a little bit of money, right, you maybe maybe a pivot to uh, to Lockett.
2: One one thing, note on the Seahawks, running backs with DJ Dallas, uh, I know Carson isn't even scheduled to practice till Friday, but he is expected to, and because of that, I yeah. expect him to play. So I think that in and of itself takes Dallas out of play.
1: Yeah, and I think you're probably right about that. I think Carson would have probably pushed to play last week. He seems to be one tough son of a bitch. He wants to play this year regardless, and he's been low-key, one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. If he's on the field, he's been money weekly, so –
2: He's got to get it done before Penny gets back. That's
1: all. <laughs> we will cross that bridge when it comes to us. Let's let's head over to the late games. and so We have to round this out. Uh, we're going to go up against the clock here with 10 minutes Ten minutes to get three games in. The Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> at the Los Angeles Chargers with a total of 53. And, guys, um, as, as a Raiders fan, I have to ask you one simple question. Is it ever Derek Carr time? Ever?
2: Well, uh, it is this week 5700
1: <laughs> 5700 dollars that's week. why I'm asking because it's a it's a nice price against the a, a bad uh, pass defense so no, um, I absolutely like
2: Carr, except here's where I struggle I don't know who the how to stack them with yeah. how do you figure out these pass catchers on a uh, on Oak or Oakland Las Vegas got it. I'm saying Redskins and Oakland and everything today.
1: It's a, listen, if you want to go back to twenty nineteen, I can't blame you. Can we all? <laughs> Let's all go there together. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because Waller is the guy you probably want to do, but at fifty eight hundred dollars, we've spoken at nauseum about the, the really reasonably priced tight ends on this slate that you would just shift to. And 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 rugs, as as tempting as he is, he's you know, he's a boomer bust play. We know that Aguilar has been a boomer bust guy his entire career, and he had a couple of nice weeks there, and everybody got excited. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know who it is. So maybe you just played Derek Carr and uh, Josh Jacobs. Who got 31 carries last week, Matt? What do you feel about the Raiders' offense?
0: I mean, it, yeah, I, TJ said it. Like, I guess in theory, you would want to, uh, you would want to attack this defense and I have no interest in really uh, combining any of these guys and really feeling like I'm like accessing this crazy ceiling. Like the it's cheap, like cars cheap enough that you probably, if you're making good decisions throughout the rest of your lineup, you're, you're raising the the ceiling of your lineup in general. But I don't think that um, I don't think I feel confident about the ceiling of the stack necessarily uh with who I would who I would want to pick like I guess it's Waller like <laughs> cuz who the hell knows with the wide receivers like each of them could go you know two targets zero receptions and I don't think anyone would be terribly shocked so uh yeah it, it's just kind of like I think Runfro is my favorite which is scary <laughs>
1: It's true. Well, listen, you talk about the most reliable guy. He's definitely got the most reliable hands on that team. So, all right, let's jump over to the Chargers side. Herbert, four straight games of three-plus touchdowns. He had uh, one with four touchdowns in there, and the kid has just stepped right in and and played unbelievable and continues to have the crazy volume, uh, target volume with with Keenan Allen, another 11 last week. And those are two guys – I don't think you could ever go wrong stacking uh, on a weekly basis. Um, Let's touch on our running backs real quick because this is a good matchup for running backs against Vegas every week, and there's been a lot of excitement over Trayvon Pope at $4,000, 10 carries, 7 targets, 5 catches. catches rather. Uh, But he's in concussion protocol right now, and I think that what we missed with him looking good was the fact that Justin Jackson actually had 17 carries for 89 yards and saw five targets of his own, which he turned into three for 53. So uh, I think Josh Kelly is an afterthought at this point uh, with Pope showing up. But um, uh, TJ, are you going to uh, you're going to get Justin Jackson in any lineups, or is it just still not something you could trust? Uh,
2: they obviously don't like their backs right now when Troy mine Pope starts getting huge work <laughs> uh 10 carries seven targets he turned that into what uh 13 DK or something like that so you know he he absolutely was not effective with those opportunities uh justin Jackson now gets some volume but I what did Josh Kelly have eight touches as well
1: yes so, he did yeah <laughs> Yeah,
2: the running back situation there, I mean, it it is absolutely completely one to avoid despite uh, the game setup being one where a running back could hit. I just don't believe that one guy is going to get fed enough to actually make a difference as far as DraftKings tournament lineups go. Are you on any uh, Charger running back, Matt?
0: No, I mean, I – I was I was just looking. I knew Josh Kelly only had one target, but he caught it for minus seven My, yards, yes. which is just like completely absurd. <laughs> um Yeah, no, I I I have no interest. Like again, this is this is one of those spots where I'm just like, if if one of them scores two touchdowns and ends up breaking the slate, then I'm like perfectly okay uh, you know, donating that week. I, I just like I I can't be bothered to try and get this situation right when there doesn't seem to be a ceiling, like you said.
1: All right, well let's let's just get out of this game. Get on to Pittsburgh, Dallas, which is an all time classic. Wait wait, 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 wait! There is a ceiling, oh, ceiling in so the game, strong.
2: just not a running back. <laughs> it's just not oh. a running back. We didn't talk about Keenan Allen, who I mean, with that target load, there's I guess there's a ceiling every week. I mean, I'm just oh yeah, no, I just meant the
0: running backs.
1: Yeah, we were on running backs.
0: <laughs> yeah. I... <I'd, I'd, laughs>
1: I mentioned yeah. that you would stack you know, that that it's a nice stack every week with Herbert and, and, and uh and Keenan Allen. Uh but yeah, if you want to expand on it, by all means, TJ. Right. We
2: we saw last week that uh Mike Williams can and will be involved. He can smash and he's still very, very reasonably priced, and he's got another spot where he could do the exact same thing. Uh I believe two K less in Keenan Allen. So mm-hmm. Uh, when you're attacking tournaments, I think Mike Williams is a better play, but obviously Keenan's going to be the safer one. How about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think Mike Williams probably sees like a a fifth of the ownership of of Keenan Allen, so like your your leverage is all right there. Um, and obviously, uh, Keenan's floor is significantly higher, but I think you could see a situation where like their absolute best outcome like ceiling game is probably pretty close between the two of them. So I'm fine mixing and matching. I played, uh, I played Keenan Allen probably in, I played eight lineups last week. I think I played him in six and I played Williams in the other two. Um, I didn't put them together, which (laughs) may have been bad process on my part if I was that high on them. But um, yeah, I, I think you could play either of them pretty confidently moving forward.
1: All right, on on to the uh the all-time classic NFL matchup of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, but we see two teams in complete opposite directions. We don't have the Jets on the slate this week, and thank God because we see the Dallas Cowboys have a thirteen point seven five implied team total, which is just horrendous, especially for an offense that when healthy with Dak at the beginning of the year was putting up, you know, thirty to forty points. game it's amazing how they have crashed down to earth so the total in this game is only at 41 with Pittsburgh expected to do all the work I'll say this as of Wednesday we don't know if it's going to be Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert at quarterback and for me that means I am not playing a single Dallas Cowboy not one not Emmett Smith who plays like he doesn't give a shit right now at all even when he is out there for all the money that that guy's making a, a, a season to not just take the control of the game and go out there and do something. He looks like he could care less Pollard looks better every time he touches the ball. So I don't want to talk about the downside unless you guys want to fight me on it. So let's just go over to Pittsburgh where it's every other week. Claypool, Deontay, Claypool, Deontay. And this week, Deontay drops below Claypool in price by $700 and TJ I know at five thousand dollars he's in every lineup. If you do one hundred and fifty, I know he's going to be in one hundred and fifty-one of them this week. Am I wrong or am I right? I don't know what to do, man.
2: I don't know how many times I can touch a hot pan here. You know.
0: <laughs> what, what body so got, part is it going to be?
2: <laughs> I mean, can you just wait till the fourth quarter this week? You know, that, that's all. But he yeah. can just get ruled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just take a week off, man. Get right, and then we'll just come right back to it. And that'll be great.
0: But uh, I like.
2: I okay.
0: No, I was just gonna say I don't play any NBA DFS, but I imagine it's a lot like playing uh, Anthony Davis on a regular basis. <laughs> well,
2: it, it's basically playing 5K Anthony Davis that no <laughs> one else played, and that, that's how maddening it is. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, And even in a blowout script, man, I mean, Pittsburgh, uh, despite their reputation for the hard-nosed, this, that, whatever, I mean, they're a passing team. They're going to throw. I mean, they're going to throw for three quarters, even if they're up 40. So I'm completely going to go back to Deontay. And, I mean, just pray for me, you guys. I, I, I (laughs) I need all the T's and P's and the TP.
1: I'll be I'll be there with you. Listen, I Deont- I've been there with you. Every time he's gotten hurt this year, I've been, been there with you on Deontay. So I've been feeling your pain. I'll probably have some Claypool as well and, and no juju, Matt. Um but I, I left Connor off of my my list because I agree with TJ. This is a passing team. And Connor has had good games this year, but I just don't think that the offense runs through him like a traditional Steelers offense in the past has had, you know leaned heavily on a running back. I don't see it this year, Matt. So before we move on to the final game, anything you want to add on Pittsburgh?
0: I mean, I'm going to have a lot of
1: Connor. Okay. I can't can't argue it.
0: I, yeah, I, I definitely, I I agree with, with all that, all that you're saying. I just think this could turn out to, to be, you know, a, a three touchdown game. And if he sees, you know, his 18 to 20, carries and he seizes three to five targets um i think that that's that's something that um i'm pretty interested in 6900 he's gonna be he's it actually my my first run of of ownership here looks like he's gonna be a little higher owned than i had hoped for because of all the jacksonville stuff like robinson in theory should be high owned if gardner's still playing and then that holds connor's ownership down which would have helped a lot but um I think I'm still going to be uh, overweight on on Connor between my lineups.
2: Yeah, I also like uh, Benny Snell. I mean, Connor, like you said, <laughs> <laughs> Snell did score each of the last two weeks, and if we do get that blowout script, uh, there probably is some level of equity uh, for late game Benny Snell at four K. Um, I mean, uh, yeah,
1: I, said- I,
2: I mean, I I agree with Connor. It, that Dallas team is just going to get smoked. I mean, at every yeah. level, and I mean, if the defense doesn't take the turnovers into the end zone, there is just yeah. mounds and oodles of touchdown equity for the entire
0: team. So. Yeah, some somebody on the Steelers is going to score two plus touchdowns. It's just a matter of if you get it right or not. <laughs> it might be the defense, but somebody is.
1: Maybe it's uh is that Trim. Quentin Williams Quentin Williams who got traded for the Jets over there? Maybe it'll be him this week. <laughs> you know, like welcome to the welcome to the show, guys. Let's try to wrap it up with Miami and Arizona with a forty-eight-five implied total. We'll get to all the usual suspects on the Arizona side, but I think that there's some sneaky plays to be had on Miami this week because of how reasonably priced they are. Now Gaskins is not going to play. Breda is not practicing. They traded for DeAndre Washington, who's not eligible to be used on DraftKings because he was traded after the prices came out. And I probably don't, I probably don't expect to see Jordan Howard have much use in this game. So I think that two is going to get his first chance against a defense that gives up a ton of defensive plays to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. I don't. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have turnovers. But I like what that means for Devontae Parker in this game. Uh, they moved Isaiah Ford to the New England Patriots. So it's Williams and Parker for me at 5,200 and 4,100. Um, are they sneaky Matt, or am I just an idiot?
0: No, they're definitely sneaky. I mean, they're definitely going to be low owned. Um, whether that's whether that's for a good reason or not is, I guess, the the better question. You could call me Our an Our answer is both, style, Both.
1: Duh, I resemble <laughs> that <real> one. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean that that's about the that's about the energy level that I can muster up for for playing them right now like why the hell do they have to bench Fitzpatrick like this would have been such a fun game uh if Fitzpatrick was still there but it's uh yeah what did Tua throw like 19 or 20 times or something last uh I don't know whatever like it you're you're just banking on touchdowns and they're cheap enough where maybe one of them pays off, but I don't feel like I'm going out of my way to get uh exposure to, to that offense at the moment. What about you, TJ? Man, um I
2: don't I don't wanna talk about Miami. I wanna talk about Arizona. <laughs> Let's <laughs> get there. Honestly. No, get on him. I think we can see two to uh is I don't know if he was Darren Headlights or what exactly happened here, but just not quite ready and i'm not ready to trust anyone attached to him here uh especially with this unknown running back disaster but uh isn't nuke running like 100 percent of his routes on the left side i mean i i believe he's just always lining up on the left side and i know we haven't really talked about this but uh that would put him on against byron jones and avoid howard for every single snap essentially and with that matchup, 8,200 seems incredibly cheap. So I, I, I think uh, if he's back and healthy, he could be an absolute smash. Uh, Kirk would be the one getting the bad matchup in that case.
1: Yeah, and Kirk might be a guy people will jump on because he's had touchdown, two touchdowns in each of the last two games. So, uh, you know, that might it might – Take some of the ownership away from from Nuke in this matchup, which you know you hope you hope that people make that play. But let me ask you about Chase Edmonds. Are we all in on Chase Edmonds at sixty eight hundred dollars, getting the full workload, or is this something, Matt? You're you're waiting on it's uh, it's sixty eight hundred dollars ain't cheap compared to some of the other guys that you could get at that price. So, uh, are you in on Chase Edmonds?
0: Um probably like I think I think you have to uh you have to do a lot of gross things to get Cook uh McCaffrey um and like another expensive piece into your cash lineup um so picking one of Cook and McCaffrey and dropping down to Edmonds I think is going to be pretty popular um as you know you're Whatever, quote unquote, like RB two spot. Uh, I think I will probably be playing him in cash um, more, more probably as like a block <laughs> than anything else because I really do think his ownership is just going to keep going up and up and up. Um, I'm not like overly excited to pay sixty eight hundred dollars for him though, and I may talk myself out of it at some point. Okay, I mentioned go ahead Connor
2: think- earlier. Oh, you mentioned Connor earlier. I think I like Connor better as a player this week. Yeah. So, you know, it, and I believe even with the little bit elevated projected ownership, well, you're going to get some leverage there against that, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Last thing on this game, and then we're going to close out the show. Kyle Murray comes in as the second highest quarterback on this slate. He's been great for fantasy points. Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert all have better matchups and are all cheaper. But just because the offense basically runs through him and a a rushing possibility, are we sticking with Kyler Murray in this game? I mean, TJ, you're going to make a lot of lineups, so I'm sure you'll have a little bit of all those guys. But uh, do you prefer him over them, or would you just rather roll with some other guys?
2: No, I don't prefer him over them. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's something of a foregone conclusion. One of the quarterbacks in the Buffalo-Seattle game outscores him uh, for cheaper. So I, I'm just going to be way ahead on those two guys.
1: Okay, very good. All right, guys, once again, this was the Rotoviz on the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at on the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito, FFN, Matt Jones, TFRN, at TJ Calkins as well. Uh, guys, it's uh, always – good to have fantasy football, to have daily fantasy football, to have gambling, to have these things to keep us busy and to take our minds off of other things. We know that it is a a crazy time in this world for so many reasons, and uh, I just want to shout out to to you two guys. I I love coming to do the show with you guys each week, and I'm happy uh, that we get to do this. So uh, with that said, we will see you guys in a week, and we hope to have helped you get into the green.
0: Before we wrap up the show, I just want to tell you guys about our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win. You can bet on game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props. Uh, they even have kicker props if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering with on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. So head over to BetOnline today to take advantage of their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.